You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin, and the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Rookie orientation, a little late in the season, I know, but a lot of this is coming up after we got to see these players, and in some ways, this is a great time to do a rookie orientation. We have three more coming before final cuts, including this one. Curtis Bolton, Kadar Holman, and Darius Shepard, who is making a serious bid to make this Packers football team. Today, Chris Plank from Sooner Radio Network and of Fox Sports Radio fame, uh, mostly because he has me on a lot. Uh, No, just kidding. Chris is someone I've known a couple years now and and uh, really enjoy talking to. Uh, always always nice to get a chance to talk to him. So this is uh, going to be a really fun conversation about Curtis Bolton. And it's a player that I think a lot of Packer fans are excited about. We recorded this show in full transparency before the second preseason game, a game in which Curtis Bolton went out and led the team in tackles, had multiple TFLs, and was outstanding in coverage, including with interception. It was not perfect. And in the profile that I wrote about him for SB Nation, I wrote about you know, his linebackers coach saying, if, if you're going to ask him to play in the box and take on blocks and handle those power schemes and those trap schemes inside, he's going to have some issues with it. And it's going to take some time. He said, I think he can do it. And I, I wouldn't hesitate him being out there. And he said he didn't hesitate putting Bolton out there to be his inside linebacker, but that it would take some time. It's going to take some time. The reality for the Packers is it doesn't really matter because Curtis Bolton is not going to be playing the Ravens every week. They run a a specific kind of system that is not widely used around the league. So his opportunity to come in, and he got the chance yesterday in practice, They had a three-safety nickel look where he was the only inside linebacker. From a scheme and philosophy perspective, you want to talk about fit in those schemes and, and what Mike Patton wants to be. And you go back to when Josh Jones was drafted. They said, he's our dime linebacker. A year later, they go out and they draft, move up to draft Oren Burks a coverage linebacker, presumably because they wanted a dime linebacker. They understand Blake Martinez is not ideally suited to be that guy. If you're only going to have one linebacker on the field in coverage situations, Blake Martinez is not the guy you want out there. That is not the same as saying that that he can't handle pass coverage responsibilities. As a nickel linebacker, I think he's made some strides. But if you're, if you're going to go to a true dime situation... Not only is Bolton 
theoretically a better coverage player. He's a really good blitzer, not necessarily a better blitzer. Blake Martinez has shown quite the skill for getting home on blitzes when sent. Uh, one of the most effective pass rushers last year, full stop as a linebacker because of his effectiveness getting home as a blitzer in this Mike Patton defense. But Curtis Bolton, given his size and his skill set, fits what they want out of a true dime linebacker better because of his traits, his strengths and weaknesses. Now, as Ryan Wood and I discussed on Twitter the other day, it is the case that Blake Martinez has an enormous advantage institutionally. His ability to communicate, to make the calls, to get everyone lined up and in the right place, that is an integral part of what it means to be that dime linebacker. Now, you don't know if Bolton can do it unless you give him the opportunity to do it. I would love to see them do it, you know, a snap here or there against Oakland. They did it in practice. Give them a couple more opportunities. They're experimenting in practice. And I think that's really heartening to see if you're a Packers fan. You know, they're throwing Billy Turner at right tackle to see if Elton Jenkins can handle being a right guard. They're throwing Bolton out there to see if he can handle the responsibilities. Now, he's making calls at when he's playing in the second unit when he was playing behind Oren Burks. Now, that, that responsibility is Blake Martinez, so he's not doing that. Now, in some ways, that frees him up to make plays. But if he's going to be the only linebacker on the field, you need someone to handle those responsibilities. Can he do it? Well, we don't know unless he's given the opportunity. So as long as he's given that opportunity, then we, then we at least have the information. Yes, he can or no, he can't. Or maybe someday he can. Because it's not as black and white as no, he can't. Yes, he can. It is, it, it is black and white in the short run. Right, So we'll be able to see, or at least the Packers will be able to see in practice uh, better than we can. This, the last open practice was yesterday. So you know everything else, the, the handful of training camp practices that are left are going to be solely for the team and their evaluation purposes. But you can say, yes, Curtis Bolton can handle this responsibility for a game this week. Or you can say, no, it is that black and white. In, in the idea of can he do it this week. It is not a closed book once they make that determination for that week. It, it can change. It can evolve. And it may end up being the case. Who knows? Blake Martinez might get hurt. And then he has to take that responsibility. What will be interesting to see is if, if Curtis Bolton has another great game against Oakland and goes into the year as the starter, you know, let's say he, he plays pretty well week one, week two. When Oren Burks comes back, what happens? What do you do? Because an injury last year to Oren Burks set him back. And when he got back, he wasn't ready to play. Now, you'd hope a year into the league with a little bit more time that, that he would be able to do that. But who knows? This is right now. This is Curtis Bolton's job to lose. And, you know, coaches will always talk about, oh, well, you know, you can never lose your job to injury. Uh, BS, you can absolutely lose your job to injury. It happens all the time. Just ask Drew Bledsoe and Tom Brady. You can play your way into and out of a job with injuries. So Curtis Bolton has this opportunity here to really take the bull by the horns and and earn this job long term. I mean, we, we can only make determinations in the short run because, you know, football is a fleeting sport. Success and failure are both fleeting, unfortunately, for everyone involved. 
but it is a reality. And so Oren Burks now has his chance to earn a spot, to be the guy, and and has a chance to, to install himself as an integral part of this Packers defense. And speaking of grabbing the bull by its horns, you guys know where I'm going with this. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than going to a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code Locked On to try it free. All right, let's get to our guest today on our rookie orientation about Oklahoma, former Oklahoma standout Curtis Bolton, Chris Plank is on the Sooner Radio Network from 9 to 11 weekdays. That's 99.3 FM, 1400 AM, also on Fox Sports Radio Sunday night with Arnie Spanier. You can follow him on Twitter, at Plank Show. Chris, thanks for coming on Locked on Packers. And this is weird for me because I'm used to coming on your show. So we'll see how this goes. It's a little bit different feel, but I like it. I like it. No, 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 man. I really appreciate doing this. Uh, my my son is a monster Packers fan. You have a massive Packers following in, in Tulsa and here in Oklahoma. So any chance I get a, an opportunity, Pete, not only to talk with you, but also to talk about the Oklahoma Sooners, I'm going to do it. Well, that is that is very kind of you. This is this is perfect for us then because our, our uh, intentions align on this. The Packers right now uh, they're starting inside linebacker next to Blake Martinez is Curtis Buzzy Bolton. And that is something that I don't think anyone would have predicted a couple months ago when we're looking at the roster. Uh, it is it is pretty incredible to see the rise that he has had. But I talked to his former linebackers coach at Oklahoma, and he had nothing but great things to say about Bolton. When, when you were watching his career get to this point, I mean, he had that breakout senior season. Did you foresee that when you, when you saw him early in his career? Uh, no, absolutely not. And here's the thing. It's, it's funny. You're talking about what's going on right now in Packers camp, and then you, know, you see him working out with the ones. It was the exact same reaction for Oklahoma Sooner fans 365 days ago. Curtis Bolton was a guy who had battled injuries, had played in his previous three seasons heading up to his senior year, had played, had not started a game. He had played a combined 20 games in three seasons, and most of those had been on special teams. And you know, you always knew the ability was there. Curtis has a, an incredible knack for getting after the quarterback as an inside linebacker because that's what he did. That's how he'll tell you. That's how he gained the attention of college scouts is he was able to get after the quarterback despite you know not having necessarily defensive lineman size, which uh, at six foot two eighteen is not going to get it done, or at least what he was when he left Oklahoma. So after you know making his mark, getting to Oklahoma, he just battled injury after injury after injury and. The thought was heading into last year was okay. He'll be he'll be one of the backups. They had a, a sophomore in Kenneth Murray who was coming off an okay season at inside linebacker, and they had just moved at Oklahoma a five star recruit and Caleb Kelly. Peter, they had just moved him to the inside, 
And a lot of people kind of thought, okay, this is going to jumpstart Caleb Kelly and we're going to be fine. Well, lo and behold, Buzzy Bolton comes into camp and it's just better. And, you know, it's kind of interesting. You look back on the year that it was for Oklahoma Sooner football. And when Caleb Kelly finally got an opportunity to play because Buzzy was so good, he never came off the field. And we had a chance to talk to Caleb Kelly in the post game. He said, listen, Buzzy beat me out. You know, he was just the better linebacker. And, and every person to a man said that. So, yeah, it was it was a surprise whenever I saw your report on Twitter about how he was working with the ones at the linebacker position. Uh, it was a surprise whenever he was on top of the depth chart for the Sooners last year. But that surprise has nothing to do with him and his ability. It just has to do with how much he's had to overcome and the injuries that come with it. So, yeah, uh, as shocking, I'm sure, for you as it was for us last year whenever we saw that first depth chart for Oklahoma. Yeah, and, and after watching him play, I mean, against the Texans, uh, sort of fun that it gets to be a Texas team for him. Uh, in his in his first game, uh, you know, that was the game that Oren Burks got hurt in, so he's not with the starters then, but he made a couple really nice plays. Pro Football Focus graded him as the top defender on the team in that game. Uh, that is where, you know, I, I think he was a name that, that Jason Hershorn, who I know you know as well, and I talked about a couple months ago, he's a name to watch, a sleeper, someone who could make this team special teams value. That was something he did at Oklahoma but this is sort of the story of his career, as you're as you're saying, right? That that he's been underestimated sort of everywhere he's been. Three star recruit, special teams guy, can't yep. stay healthy, and then ultimately comes in and exceeds expectations. Yeah, and it's interesting. Whenever I said as far as as pass pass rushing, I should have said on the defensive line because he was never a defensive end. Teddy Lehman, who was a Butkus Award winner for the Oklahoma Sooners, a Benaric Award winner, had a nice NFL career. He called Buzzy Bolton one of the best pass rushing linebackers he's ever seen. And you know, you go back to even you know he redshirted his freshman year, but I want to say either his sophomore or his junior season when they played. When Oklahoma played Texas Tech in that Ballyhooed, Patrick Mahomes v. Yep. Baker Mayfield game that, that people still talk about today, you go back and watch that game, Peter, early on, you'll notice that Buzzy Bolton is lining up a lot as a rush in. They've got him on that outside backer spot, and he's coming after the quarterback, and he's getting there. The problem is he got hurt in that game. He got hurt in that game, and so Oklahoma is what they called their NASCAR package, they couldn't use, or at least when they tried to use it, they brought in a very inexperienced, true freshman that wasn't quite at that level that Buzzy was. So he had a few opportunities to where if you just, just could have been able to stay healthy, you know, look out, we may have seen that breakout season come before his senior campaign. But the thing I've loved about Buzzy is, is he's just, he's as unbridled in his passion and energy off the field as he is on the field. If you wanted to get the real story about what was going on in the locker room or how players were feeling, you went to Buzzy. There was not going to be any coach speak. And then when you wanted to watch a guy at that middle linebacker position that wasn't afraid to stick his face mask in there and wasn't afraid to go in and make a play, you watched Buzzy Bolton. He became one of my favorite guys, Peter, not just to watch play. And we'd waited. You know, you'd waited from 2015 to 16 to 17. You know, you, you wanted to see him out there. Um, but he became a go-to guy uh, to watch on the field and off the field. He, he's just awesome, man. I, I'm really happy to see his success. I didn't think much about it when he went undrafted. I kind of thought he, he'd latch on somewhere and end up being a special teams difference maker. You know, he picked up a couple of block punts last year and 
does a really nice job in special teams. But to hear how he's accelerating up the depth chart in Green Bay is, is just awesome news. Yeah, I had Drew Davison on the show a couple months ago talking about Ty Summers over at TCU, and that was the guy that most people assumed was going to come in and compete for that inside linebacker three spot with the Packers. And one of the things Drew said was, Ty Summers is going to make it really hard for a coach to cut him. And it seems like that's just the kind of player Curtis Bolton is as well, that he is, he's going to come in and compete and and it's just he's going to make it really hard for you to say you can't you can't help us right. he's going to find and, a way to, think, he's going to find a way to help you right he he might have gone and tried a deep snap you know if there was a way that he could have helped on that <laughs> position uh, in any way shape or form you know th- there's so many different stories and if you talk to Tim Kish then you probably got a majority of them but you know this is just a guy that was willing to do whatever it took from outside backer to inside backer to special teams. I mean, he did it all. I think I think he was on, if, if I remember correctly, during his senior season, he was on kick return, kick coverage, punt return, putt coverage, and then played just about every single snap last season. And I don't think he was ever 100% healthy. I think he was battling a you know, whatever ailment every single college football player battles or NFL player when you play an entire, in the case of, of the Sooners last year, 14 game season, but he's a workhorse, man. You know, he, he, you think about a guy that, that tallied 139 tackles last year and almost five sacks. I mean, he, he's something else and he's got a good attitude to, to, to boot. You know, I, I, you, you mentioned, I talked to Tim Kesh, his, his linebackers coach, who's, who's now retired. Uh, they've still been meeting through the off season. They met before, <laughs> nice. before Bolton came to green Bay um, you know, came out to see him in Arizona to talk about the expectations and all that stuff. And and what was interesting is uh, Tim said, I asked him, did were you surprised by the se- the senior season he had? And and he said, no, this is the player I knew he could be from early in his career. And you know, maybe that's a coach taking credit for identifying a player, and and maybe he really did feel that way. But but listening to him talk about. Bolton and, and listening to you talk about him, it, it's sort of, it, it's almost inexplicable that someone from a blue blood program with the athleticism that he had, the productivity that he had, even with just one year of production, went undrafted because he's showing right now the kind of player that that he can be. I don't, I don't even know, Peter, when the last time a an NFL, or pardon me, an Oklahoma Sooner defender went undrafted. I think it's been since... Maybe like 94. I want to say it's been a while since we've gone through an NFL draft where a Sooner player went undrafted. And it was crazy because I'm a big, as you know, I'm a big draft fan. And when we were going through this process, you heard a few Sooners mentioned that were on this defense last year. And Almani Bledsoe, who ended up signing a free agent deal with the Tennessee Titans, he was mentioned a bit because he had to go early because of a, you know, just battles with the NCAA. No one ever really mentioned Curtis Bolton. And I and I found that to be very interesting just because of his his ability to do everything. And I don't know if the medicals scared people away. I don't know if if you know maybe there were a few interviews that didn't I, I couldn't come up with a reason, but it legitimately didn't hit me until the week of the draft. Whenever we were sitting down just going over some Sooners and we did a feature for Soonersports.com where we were talking about where we thought guys would get drafted, and they allowed me the opportunity to kind of play a little Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay and project where I thought they were going to go. And when we got done and we finished up wrapping up, they said, all right, is that it? I'm like, yeah, I guess so. I mean, 
I guess we could do something on Amani Bledsoe. And we didn't even talk about Curtis Bolton. And when I was driving home, I actually called the producer and said, do you think we should mention Curtis Bolton? I mean, we didn't even talk about the possibility of him. And that's, I mean, that's nobody's fault except just someone who had, at least in our world, slipped between the, cla- the cracks. But that's that's been his story, his entire career. He just, yeah. people continue to overlook him. And what does he do? He proves them wrong. And I don't know, you know, whenever the Packers get to 100% healthy, we don't know what that defense might look like. But it's uh, it's really cool to see at this point in training camp, and as everyone wraps up training camp, he's put himself in a position to where he can play. Uh, I'll, I'll add this, just I, and again, you, you get me talking Sooners or, or Curtis Bolton here, <laughs> Peter. I might not stop. I love it. There is one thing. There is one thing to keep an eye on, and and I think that this reared its head last year. He he reached this point to where he knew the defense so well. And think about it. He had been a redshirt in 2014. So he had been with Oklahoma since 14 and had to you know, play sparingly in 15 and 16. He got hurt in both, uh, I think, 15 and 17. And that battled, battled those injuries quite a bit. But you could really sense his frustration whenever things weren't going well. And I, I would even use the term that at times he almost tried to do too much. He would see someone was out of position and he would try to do their job. He would try to do two people's job and it would lead to issues. So if there is any knock that you could possibly throw at him, it's that, oh my gosh, he's trying to do a little bit too much. And uh, maybe now that he's had more time to talk to Coach Kish and obviously being in what the Packers are doing defensively, maybe he sees, oh, I've got guys around me that maybe I don't feel like I have to go out and do their job. And I'm sure that's made him a much better football player. It's like the old uh, job interview trick where they ask what your biggest flaw is and you you say, I I care too much or I try and do too much. It's like, but that, that, that is a real thing. I I do think the other question is going to be injury and he is undersized. He put on 10 pounds since his days at Oklahoma. He's closer to 228 now, or at least he was at the combine and looks it. Uh, six one, and he looks about two thirty. Uh, but if injuries are a problem, I mean, uh, is this something that that you think the Packers are going to have to keep an eye on with his whether it's oh, yeah. his workload or or whatever to make sure that he's protected as an undersized inside linebacker who has this concern and history with injuries? Yeah, I, I do. I think that's something you're definitely going to have to keep an eye on. But kind of, it's kind of similar. To and if Buzzy, if you're listening to this, you can text me too correctly uh, to correct me. But it, it's kind of similar to what the Sooners had with Rodney Anderson. You know, Rodney Anderson, who was drafted by the Bengals, had mm-hmm. three season-ending injuries, yep. but they were all three different types of injuries. He had a uh, he had a neck problem. He broke his left leg and he tore his right ACL, I believe. You know, Buzzy, that's kind of the same way. It's been a few different issues. There was a foot issue. Uh, an ankle on the other side, and I think it was a shoulder injury that he was dealing with as well. So maybe in that it, it hasn't been the same thing, Peter. Maybe that helps him out a bit too. But you know what? It's just it's the weirdest thing. You'll have guys in college that are injury prone and and have a hard time getting on the field. But when they get on the field, they make a difference and they get to the next level and they never have an issue. Miles Jack is a great example of that. Someone who had knee problems, degenerative knee problems. They thought his career wouldn't be much. I I mean, has he even missed a game with the Jaguars? Then you have the other side. I think about Garyon Conley for the Raiders who went an entire collegiate career without having any injuries. Don't think he missed a game. As soon as he gets to the league, he's basically had a redshirt year and a half because of injuries that he suffered from. So it's a really hard thing to try to quantify and figure out. But – 
you know, the, the good thing is with where we are from you know, technology and understanding nutrition and understanding taking care of his body. I mean, that was something Buzzy said many times that he really had to focus on. He had to focus on the nutrition side and taking care of his body and understanding where he needed to be. And I think it, it stood out to me after the Army game last year. He, he said, you know, I, I just got to be smarter about resting and taking care of my body because he just – he's always going, man. He's always going 100 miles an hour. So I think he's getting smarter, and I'm sure that they'll get smarter about it as well too. The Packers are a brilliant organization. I mean they'll figure it out. But it's also kind of interesting too because the Sooners have had a run of undrafted defensive players who have panned out pretty well. You know, Think about Tony Jefferson. Here's a guy yep. that went undrafted. And has ended up having a whale of a career mm-hmm. with the Baltimore Ravens, you know. And now I, you kind of look at Buzzy, and maybe he can be that next guy for him. You know, Monty Bledsoe's really showing out in Titans camp right now. Yep. Uh, so they they've got they've got a chance. Well, they've got. I think you've got a chance. The Packers do, Peter, and you cover them closer and better than anyone. I think they've got a chance to have themselves a nice little sleeper here. To not only, heck, maybe now the way we're looking at it, start. Definitely provide depth in that inside backer position, and he is going to be a special teams freak. He'll be all over the place. Yeah, this is, you know, it's one of those things that I don't think anyone anticipated, and yet here we are. And, and you know, I don't I think if you if you put Curtis Bolton on a lie detector, I don't think he would tell you that he would be, he would have anticipated <laughs> him being in this position. But, you know, Coach Kish said, look, he, he doesn't think there's anyone better than him. And he wouldn't say that, but... He, he believes that and it's 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 manifested it's, itself on the field in in really exciting ways so you know if he has another you know if he is the starter come week one and, and he shows out we'll have to have you back just so just so you can gloat about it uh yeah exactly exactly and by the way he's he's an incredible story and i'm sure you guys dug into this he lost his dad while he was in high school mm-hmm. um so in everything that he does he pays tribute to his dad and to his family so he's a He's a really, really cool guy. I hope it sticks. I hope he continues to do well because uh, he's a special guy. Chris, I appreciate you taking the time today. Uh, we, we flipped the script a little bit on, on what is normally how we do this on the radio or radio on demand in this case, but uh, it, w- it was still really fun. Uh, I think I like it the other way. I think I like it the other way better. Uh, <laughs> no, I like this. I like this. <laughs> Uh, let, let my audience know uh, where they can find more of the work that you do because you are not oh. just an Oklahoma uh, guy. You do you do much more. No, I, I do, and I appreciate that. We have, uh, you know, it's kind of crazy. You want more Sooner information and maybe find out who's going to be your next uh, Curtis Bolton or maybe your next Jerry Montgomery. There you uh, go. We do the Sooner Sports Podcast at Soonersports.com slash podcast. Do a weekday show from 9 to 11 a.m. on Sports Talk 1400. Hey, uh, as Peter mentioned, he's a guest regularly with us, even though Arnie Spanier just now figured out how to follow him on Twitter. Um, <laughs> we're on Fox Sports Radio Sunday nights from 10 p. to 1 a.m. And, of course, give me a follow on Twitter at Plank Show. I'd love to uh, love to interact, even though I'm a Raiders fan. My son's a diehard Packers fan, so I'm up on everything that I need to be. I love it. Chris, thank you so much. This was great. Peter, I love talking to you, man. Have a great rest of your podcast. All right, I want to thank Chris for being with us. Always great to talk to him. And and again, check him out at Plank Show on Twitter, the Sooner Radio Network. As he said, apparently there is a, the, a constituency of Packer fans in Oklahoma, in Tulsa. I know we have fans all over the Southwest and the South and the Plains and, and everywhere in that region, you know, tornado country, basically. There's a lot of Packer fans there and everywhere. So we appreciate you. Uh, we are closing in 
on the big preseason game, preseason game number three in Canada. The Packers exporting their team uh, to Canada, and we're going to learn a lot. And so we're going we're gonna to be able to break that down uh, tomorrow as we look ahead to Thursday. So make sure you're subscribed. Go on iTunes, subscribe on your, your podcast app of choice. Tell Alexa, tell your, your Google Home, tell your Bluetooth device in your car just to play Locked on Packers. It's that easy. And leave a review on iTunes. It helps us spread the word about Locked on Packers. We are always growing Packer Nation, so help other people find this podcast. And follow me on Twitter, at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.